Welcome to The Water Tower, a podcast that's a sort of spiritual reservoir or backup plan for anyone who might just need a little extra encouragement to make it through the week. I'm your host, Lee Younger from Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and if you stick with us all the way to the end, you'll hear a full list of credits, including ways to contact us. For now, enjoy episode 55 called The Jersey by Thomas Cox.
Jake Lappengood. I'm going to read us a quick passage out of the book of John from chapter 13. It says this, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Let us pray. Lord, I'm thankful um, for this sweet reminder of who you are, um, your character. Lord, that you're you're so quick to lower yourself, um, so quick to serve. <laughs> Something that I'm that I'm so bad at, Lord. So I'm thankful for that reminder. Um, and not only that, that um, you take the the dirtiest parts of us um, and you wash them clean. You joyfully wash them clean. Love you. Amen.
It's not uncommon for me to wind up down a YouTube rabbit hole of animals. Funny that I just called it a rabbit hole and talking about animals, but sometimes it's animals being scary, animals being funny, animals being majestic. It's just kind of where I end up. Sometimes it's poisonous snakes doing whatever it is they do. Sometimes it's the behavior patterns of Appalachian brook trout. Sometimes it's migration patterns of monarch butterflies. There's a bird in Australia called the liar bird. Seriously, you need to stop everything you're doing and look it up. I'm not kidding when I say it can perfectly mimic whatever sound it hears. It's amazing. Camera shutter sounds, chainsaws, car horns, babies crying. I have no idea how it happens. It's unbelievable. There's this one video I watched a few times about an orangutan and a blue tick hound that are best buds. They wrestle with each other. They go on walks. It's pretty cool. I watched one the other day about a parrot that likes to tell Alexa to make funny digestive sounds. There's just a million of them on there. It's so fun. I I feel silly confessing this to the world. But the coolest one I've seen in a long time popped up randomly the other day. It's about a bunch of crested black macaques. They were mourning the death of a bat they found on the forest floor. First of all, a crested black macaque is a type of monkey that is found only in the rainforest of Sulawesi, Indonesia, a place I've never heard of in my entire life. But according to this BBC documentary, it is bursting at the seams with all the things these monkeys need to survive. Let me first temper this by saying I am not an expert on anything animal related, especially crested black macaques. I've only read a few articles and watched a couple of short videos from the BBC on them. But what I have found out is so cool. The documentary I watched claimed them to be the most affectionate monkeys on earth. They hug, like legit hug each other. They share food, they play. Like I said a second ago, there's a part in this video where a few of them discover a dead bat on the forest floor and they all appear to be really sad for it. It did a thing in me to watch this happen. It was so sad and so cool. I'm sure there are darker bits to their lives like most wild animals have to face, but one thing stood out to me and has been ringing in my head since the first time I saw this video. Narrator Colin Salmon claims, their character is a result of the riches the monsoon brings, life with abundant food. And because there's so much food, they don't even fight over it, but put their energy towards friendships and exploring their home. It felt weird to hear that about a group of monkeys that the abundance they have been given has led to their affectionate friendly character again i don't know how much of that is fact versus making big leaps with a hopeful idea and maybe somehow there's a primatologist out there listening who can confirm this theory for me but doesn't that sound familiar The abundance given to these creatures has led to something in them. Something they can't help but pass around. Something they can't help but bubble over with. I want to hit pause for a second. What if you just jumped into this episode? What if the only bit you caught onto was the bit that said, most affectionate on earth, and their character is a result of the riches, and put their energy towards friendship, 
What would you think I was talking about? This is a Christian podcast, so I would imagine your first thought would be something like, he's talking about how affectionate and awesome we Christians are. In reality, it's exactly how we should be. But here I am talking about monkeys who presumably, as a result of all they have been given, are overly affectionate and kind and generous and playful and cuddly. This is exactly how we should be. This is exactly what we should be known for and how we should be described. This is not a call to arms about how amazing our lives are. This is a reminder of how amazing God has been to us and how we should be because of it. We have a direct command from Jesus that says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. In other words, the way you love each other, the way you treat each other, the way you speak to each other, the way you tweet to each other will be how everyone in the world, everyone in your world, everyone on your street, everyone in your house, everyone in your timeline will know where you stand with Jesus Christ. summers ago, our pastor Tom took me and my roommate Devin to see the Braves play the Mets. It was like the hottest day of all time. Plus, it was one of those games where I think it was like two to one and the Mets were on top the whole time. As a general baseball fan, that's so fun to watch. Two pitchers who just have their best stuff going, toe to toe. As a Braves fan, I was hot, sweaty, and getting nervous. I'll never forget the ending of that game. Charlie Culberson came to the plate in the bottom of the ninth and hit a walk-off home run for the Braves. It was so, I mean, it was one of those games where you're just like, ugh, this is miserable. Our team is struggling. We're not going to win. And then all of a sudden, we won. The crowd was going nuts. People were hugging, high-fiving. It was great. But the part I'll never, ever unsee was a delirious Devin ripping off his Atlanta Braves jersey and swinging it around his head like a helicopter as Culberson rounded the bases. Everyone within 20 rows of us knew exactly who Devin was cheering for. And that's us. That's exactly who we are right now. Everyone within an arm's reach of us and everyone within an arm's reach of them know exactly who we cheer for. And a lot of the time, it isn't because of our love. It feels easier and easier and quicker and quicker to get caught up in everything happening around us right now. It is getting easier and easier and quicker and quicker to make comments and to take big stands behind a screen. It feels like it's getting harder and harder and less and less often are we making decisions out of love. Again, this is not a call to arms about how amazing our lives are or how amazing we are. This isn't even me saying how amazing we should be. This is a reminder of how amazing God has been to us, how kind he's been to us, and how we should be because of it. Think about it. Just think about it. Close your eyes and picture it. The God who, according to 2 Corinthians 8, had everything and gave it all up so that we could have everything. The God who, according to Romans 8, did not even spare Jesus so that he could give to us. The God who, according to Mark 10, came to serve and give it all up just so we could live. 
This, this is abundance. Forget black crested macaques. They wouldn't know abundance if it swung from a vine and hit them in the face. But somehow, according to a short BBC documentary I watched, they have it figured out. When you walk out of your house today, when you lace up your boots, grab your keys and fire up your car. Take five seconds and remind yourself what jersey you were wearing that day. Remind yourself, my savior gave a lot for me to have a lot. And he's asking me to walk this day out in love, to live with love, to reach others with love. It's what we should be known for. first song today was Rescue Me, performed by Zach Hughes. My buddy Jake Livengood read our scripture and prayed for us. The second song was One Step by Me. My man Thomas Cox brought us a beautiful word from John chapter 13 and some other places in scripture with a cameo by the BBC, which I think is just awesome. Our benediction was from Romans 15, performed by Nino Mischler. Musical score was Boca by The Field Tapes, used with permission by musicbed.com. And you are hearing this because of Ian Gerthard, a dude who's like the very first light on a brand new day after a really long, cold night that honestly felt like years. And our intro and outro music was by the one and only Jed Brewer of The Bridge Chicago. If you have any feedback on an episode or just want to get in touch, please feel free to write us anytime, watertowerpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at watertowerpod. Thanks for listening and may the living water fill you up. Mm-hmm.